Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 20 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning some of the content and message of the book of James. This is the second of the eight journal epistles. The author of this epistle is James, the brother of Jesus. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations for this episode are taken from the World English Bible Orthodox Version because the World English Bible is in the public domain. Let's get started. The book of James has five chapters. The focus of the book of James is the need to obey God's word and have a faith in God that is demonstrated in living a life pleasing to God. James identifies himself as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. James is likely writing this letter to Christians who have been scattered by persecution. What happens when Christians are scattered by persecution? When persecution is so severe that a person must flee, they must leave behind their things. They end up giving up their homes and all their possessions that they cannot take with them on one trip. They must find a new home elsewhere and start over. This would test one's faith in God. A disciple of Christ would have to count the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. What does James have to say to these scattered Christians? James tells them to count their trials and temptations as joy. Why be joyful about persecution? Why be joyful about losing your home and your possessions? The reason for joy is that the testing of faith produces patient endurance. The branches of a tree are tested by high winds or the weight of heavy snow or ice. The test will either strengthen the branches or break them. The same is true of Christian trials and persecution. Trials should strengthen rather than break Christians. Endurance means you persist in God's will, even though it is not easy to do so. Patient endurance will lead to perfection and completion and lacking in nothing. I would translate perfection as complete or maturity and translate the word complete as whole. To be perfect means you grow to maturity. An apple seed does not fully develop until it matures into a tree. When the seed becomes an apple tree, the apple seed has become perfect, which means it has finished the process and purpose for which it is made. It will grow up other apples with seeds in them. One area in which a person may grow to maturity in is in kindness. Kindness has been perfected in their life by being completely developed to maturity. The second word here is the word complete. What does it mean to be complete? It means to be whole. To be whole means it affects all areas of your life. In other words, you have not only matured in one area, but in all areas. You haven't just matured in kindness, but also matured in other areas such as patience, goodness, self-control, faith, and love. So the words perfect and complete means you have reached maturity in all areas of your life. For example, the Gospel of Luke says about Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. 
Christians growing in all areas of their life are perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. The completing of patient endurance leads to mature wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom involves living so that one will gain the best results in the end. James talks of two kinds of wisdom. There is a wisdom from heaven and an earthly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom believes in God and lives to please God, and this will bring great eternal rewards. Earthly wisdom will ultimately lead to ruin, even though it may help one avoid persecution and enjoy earthly pleasures for a while. What should a Christian do if they lack wisdom? Patient endurance leads to lacking nothing, including wisdom. But what if our life lacks trials, or we are struggling to persevere in our trials and are lacking wisdom? James' answer to, to that is that we can ask God for wisdom. God will give us this heavenly wisdom, but we must ask for it with faith, without any doubting. God promises if we ask in faith without any doubting, then God will give us this heavenly wisdom. A person without faith that God will give them this heavenly wisdom is called a double-minded man, who is unstable in all his ways. Faith in God is the cure for that. What does it mean to be double-minded? It means that you are not quite certain that giving your all to God is worth it. You will follow God if it would, does not cost you too much in sacrificing worldly pleasures. This leads to James talking about the rich and the poor. To James, being poor and low in status in this world is something to praise God for because that person has a high position in God's eyes. The rich and those high in status should praise God for when he is made humble and lowly because his being rich in earthly things is only temporal and will pass away. James says a person is blessed when they endure temptation by not yielding to sin. Those who pass the test of temptation will receive the crown of life. God has promised this crown of life to those who love God. Christians should never uh, allege that the temptations and trials they face come from God. God is not tempted by evil and does not tempt others to do evil. What is the source of temptation to do evil? It is our own human desires. God gave us good human desires, such as the desire for food, water, taking care of our physical needs, and the needs for fellowship with others. These good desires can be perverted or used in excess and selfishly. We can be tempted to be gluttons, selfish, lustful, greedy, and jealous of others, relationships, or possessions. When we are tempted to misuse or abuse the good desires that God has given to us, and we nurture and encourage these desires in a selfish or excessive way, it leads to disobeying God, which is sin. Sin, in turn, brings spiritual death and separates us from God. All good gifts come from God. God has given to us the good gift of God's word of truth, so we can be a part of God's new creation. For this reason, Christians need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Anger does not result in God's righteousness. God's implanted word 
can save your souls. How can a Christian make God's word productive? One, by putting away all filthiness and wickedness. James chapter 1, verse 21. By receiving God's word with humility. James chapter 1, verse 21. By obeying God's word and being a doer of God's word. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. By controlling what one says. By helping those in need, such as widows and orphans. By keeping oneself unspotted from the world of evil. In James chapter 2, James addresses the sin of showing partiality to the rich over the poor. James says it is a sin to show favoritism to the rich in fine clothing over the poor in dirty clothing. God has chosen the poor to be rich in faith and heirs of God's kingdom. James points out that it is the rich who have been oppressing them. Christians are to love their neighbor as themselves. When Christians show favoritism to the rich, they are violating the royal law, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. Showing favoritism is breaking God's law, just like those who commit murder and who commit adultery break God's law. Christians are to show mercy to avoid God's judgment. Faith is no good unless it is put into action to help those in need. Faith without works is not genuine faith. Christians are to provide clothing to those who need it and food for those lacking daily food. Faith is shown by one's works. Just believing that God exists is not enough to be right with God. The demons believe that God exists and tremble. Abraham was an example of faith put into action when he obeyed God by being willing to sacrifice Isaac. Abraham was accounted righteous because of his faith, but it was a faith with actions. Abraham was called God's friend. Rahab, the prostitute, also put her faith into actions by protecting the Israelite spies. Rahab lived in Jericho. She had heard of the God of Israel and how God was giving them victory in battle. She knew that Jericho would be defeated because God was on Israel's side and was fighting for Israel. She knew if she was going to be saved, she needed to trust in God and protect these Jewish spies who were spying out Jericho. She couldn't just sit idle on her faith. By protecting the Jewish spies, she was advancing God's cause. She did so at the risk of suffering punishment from her own people in the city of Jericho. Rahab put her belief and faith in God into action. Just as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith without works is a dead faith. James chapter 3. God will hold us accountable for what we teach others. James encourages that not many of them become teachers because teachers will be held to a higher judgment for what they teach. In a way, all Christians are teachers and teach others about God. That all are teachers is evident because parents have the duty to teach their children about God. See Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 to 9. In James here, the teachers are teachers of God's word as leaders of the church. Teachers must be careful that they teach the truth. The tongue of the teacher and the non-teacher alike is not only teaching in formal teaching settings, but in all that they say and do, 
The Christian is to bless and not curse others with their tongue. How is God's wisdom manifested? God's wisdom is manifested by Christians when they, one, do good deeds in gentleness. Two, Christians show godly wisdom through purity, which means living above sin, by being peaceable, peaceable, which means getting along with others, by being gentle, which means not being harsh and being humble, by being reasonable. Christians show wisdom, godly wisdom through being merciful, which means to be forgiving, and it means to be compassionate to those in need. Christians show godly wisdom, heavenly wisdom, by having good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. This means we are good without showing favoritism, and we do good because we want to sincerely help others. We help others with good motives. Earthly wisdom is shown as follows. Bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, being earthly, that is, being focused on temporal pleasures, being sensual, being demonic. James chapter 4. In James chapter 4, James addresses the danger of friendship with the world. By friendship with the world, James means focusing on the pleasures of this life. Here the world is not referring to people or the world God has made. Here world means anything that opposes God's best for our lives. The world refers to the pleasures of this life. This friendship with the world is hostility to God. Friendship with the world is also characterized by pride and enmity with God. How does one free oneself from friendship with the world and enmity with God? One, by humility. Humbly seek God's forgiveness and turn from your sins. Two, by submitting to God. Three, by resisting the devil. Don't yield to temptation. Four, by drawing near to God. Five, by cleansing oneself from sinful behavior. Live a life that no longer sins and now serves God. Cleansing the heart. God, of course, can only cleanse our hearts, but this is talking of Christians cleansing their own hearts. The heart refers to our will, thoughts, and desires. We need to keep our will in tune with God's will, our thoughts in tune with what God wants us to think, and our desires in harmony with what God wants us to desire. Friendship with the world is overcome by stopping being double-minded. In other words, be totally devoted to God rather than having a partial love for God while holding on to loving the world. Friendship with the world is overcome by humbling oneself before God, by being sorrowful for one's sins. The Bible promises, if we will humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, then God will exalt us. Christians are not to speak against other Christians and judge them. God is the lawgiver who will be able to save or destroy. Christians should submit their plans to God and follow his will and plans and not focus on making money apart from God's will. James chapter 5. God's judgment will come upon the rich who have made many by ill-gotten gain. For example, God will judge the rich for having others work for them and not paying them. These rich people have made themselves fat by exploiting and cheating others. Just as a fatted cow is ready to be butchered, so the rich who got 
their riches by ill-gotten gain have just prepared themselves for God's judgment. Christians are to prepare for Christ's coming, which is nearby. How are Christians to be prepared for Christ's coming? One, by being patient for God's reward. Two, by establishing their hearts. The heart is the location of the will, desires, and thoughts. We must fix our thoughts on the eternal and not the temporal. We must set our will to do God's will. We must desire to serve and obey God. Christians prepare for the second coming by not grumbling and by being honest and sincere. How are Christians to minister each other? One, by praying for the suffering. Two, by singing praises with cheerfulness. Three, by visiting and praying for the sick. Four, by praying for those needing God's forgiveness. Five, by confessing sins to one another. Six, by praying for one another. Seven, by remembering that the prayer of a righteous person is powerfully effective. Eight, by praying in a prayer, that is, by making petitions to God in a prayer. And nine, by restoring a Christian who has strayed away from the Christian life. So the first 20 books of the New Testament in order are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, and James. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out my website at UpwardJourneyBibleStudy.com where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. I encourage you to pray that God will work in the lives of those who hear his word and that people will turn from their sins and become disciples of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to pray that Christians will grow to become better disciples of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to pray that God will work through this podcast ministry to bring others to Christ and to strengthen and establish Christians. Bye for now.